Please pray with me. God, this morning we, um, we offer to you this moment of our lives and we ask you, God, to allow us to know your presence in it. Clear our hearts and our minds and open them so that the seed of hope and love and peace can be buried deep within them and grow fruit that produces hope and love and peace for this world. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture passage this morning is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 13. This is a very um, a popular parable that Jesus told to his disciples. And um, the lection actually goes uh, from verses 24 through verses 43. But I'm going to stop at verse 29. So we'll read verses 24 through 29. And then I want to talk specifically just about this parable and how I feel like for us, um, it's one of the most useful parables that we have um, that Jesus tells. So you may or may not know that a parable is simply a story that has some sort of meaning behind it. And sometimes it feels like when you read a parable and are trying to find out what that, figure out what that meaning is, that you're solving some sort of riddle. Like, like uh, this last Friday, my daughters took me to Lost Crucis, which is an escape room here in town. It was part of my father's or my father's day present from them. We, I've decided that instead of giving things to people, I want to have experiences with people as gifts. And so my daughters have kind of taken that um, up also, and so the experience that we had was getting locked into a room and having to solve, gosh, I don't know, 10 to 12 puzzles and riddles before uh, we could get our way out. We had an hour to do it, and we were uh, one and one-third puzzles of the way from escaping by the time the hour was up, and the guy was nice enough to open the door and let us out. This parable is easier to solve than the Las Cruces escape room that we did. Here's how it goes. Jesus told them another parable. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds appeared also. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Well, do you want us to go and pull up the weeds? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the first thing that I want us to notice about this parable is that Jesus tells them another parable describing the kingdom of heaven. What the kingdom of heaven is like, what the kingdom of God is like, And we pray a prayer every Sunday morning. We've already prayed it today. Thy will be... uh, How's it go? Your... Somebody help me. Our Father. No, no, no. Just the the heaven part. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven so that we can experience the kingdom of God here and now. And so Jesus is telling us, this is how you know you're experiencing that. This is how you know when this prayer that you pray is coming to fruition. This is how you know that God really is in control is when you start to experience things like this parable. So the parable in regular words is this. There was a guy who owned land. He was getting ready to plant wheat. And he went and he bought really good seed. And in the middle of the night or at some point, a competitor of his came in and threw some weeds, seeds from weeds into his wheat and mixed it all up. And they went out and they sowed the seeds. And of course, the wheat starts to grow, but so do the weeds. And so the farmhands come along and they're like, hey, what, are we, what should we do? Should we just pull the weeds up and clear the field of all the weeds? And the owner says, no, don't do that. Because if you do that, there's a good chance that you're going to disturb the roots of the wheat and cause even more problems. Just let it all grow And at the harvest, we'll sort out the weeds from the wheat. Which I feel like is how life works. I don't think that this parable is as much about the nature of evil and how evil things happen in the world as it is about ambiguity of life. The difficult decisions where it seems like either both are wrong or both are right, similar to voting in an election, right? Like, Ah, I don't really like either candidate. I'm just going to have to pick one. Or I like them both. I don't really know what to do. So the sower plants the seeds. Good, right? Weeds grow up. Bad. Pull the weeds. Seems good, but if you do it, maybe something bad happens. And so it's ambigu- am- there's ambiguity in the idea. It's difficult to know the exact decision that we have to make. You have all experienced this dilemma in some form or fashion, potentially yesterday, last week, last month, at some point recently, you've experienced the time when you just weren't quite sure the decision that should be made. Examples are, should you take the job that supports your family or not take the job and spend more time with family? Should you support someone who consistently struggles at work and kind of pulls the work that the entire team does down or fire that person? Should you choose the best school that you've been accepted to or choose the decent school that's more affordable? There are two different options for, of treatment plans for the same horrible illness that you've contracted which one should you choose or we've all probably experienced living with the with the the decision of caving in to peer pressure because we don't want to feel left out by our friends or sticking to the values that we choose to live by and risking isolation our lives are full of situations where there is no clear answer. Should you pull the weeds, or should you leave the weeds? Should you choose the school, or this other school? Should you stay, 
or should you go? But what I hear in this parable is a promise of ambiguity, of course, but I also hear Jesus making a promise to us that in the end of, our amb- of all the ambiguity that we experience in life, in the end, God is going to sort things out for us. And that's not to say that choose whatever you want to choose and everything's going to end up just fine because we all know that's not how life works and we've never been given that promise by God to begin with. But it is to say that sometimes we think we're making the best choice and it turns out to not be the best choice and things don't go well. Or sometimes we decide that we're making the best choice and it really is the best choice, but somebody else's influence causes things to go awry. No promise exists to protect us from bad things happening. But there is this promise. That God's grace, which is revealed in Jesus Christ, is the only thing we can count on. I tell my kids all the time, there are only two things you can control in life. Your effort and your attitude. Outside of that, it's out of your control. But I think I'm wrong. There are three things. Well, two things they can control and one thing they can count on. We can always control our attitudes. And we can always control the effort that we put into something. But the other thing, and it's out of our control, is that we can always count on the grace of God that is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And knowing this, knowing that we have God's grace in spite of our poor choices, allows us to live in freedom. Because in the end, God is going to move with us. Now this isn't, this is the conundrum that Paul always wrestles with. Like, there is freedom in Christ, and all of our sins are forgiven. So should we go on sinning more and more and more? And Paul says, by no means. That doesn't give us permission to go and do whatever we want. Because there are always consequences. And you've experienced the consequences of sin. I am sure of it. You make a bad choice, you do something that harms someone else emotionally or physically or spiritually, and you suffer the consequences of that in some form or fashion. But here's the thing. No matter how you fared this last week in your decision making, no matter how you did with all of the choices that presented themselves to you, good choices, bad choices, whichever one it was, we can always come back here to this place, whether it's physically here or spiritually here, with this place, with these people, to be reminded of God's love for us. The only absolute in this world is absolution. The only place we can find an absolute for our forgiveness is in the absolution of our sins. So, this morning, I'd like for you to take a few moments to think of the difficult choices that you've had to make in your life. To stay, to go, 
to reach out to that loved one that you've been estranged from. Which school to go to, which job to take, which treatment to submit your body to, peer pressure or no. I want you to think of all of the failures that you've had in your life. The biggest mistakes that you've made. Dear Lord, Our lives are colored by ambiguity and we don't always know the right or best thing to do. But we do know that your love is guiding us and you've called us to live as your people in the world. When we face hard choices, give us eyes to see the best path forward and give us courage to follow it. God, when we make mistakes, forgive us, please. When we are hurt by our choices, give us comfort. When we hurt others, give us the courage to reach out to them in love. And above and beyond all these decisions, O God, remind us that you still love us and call us back to this place that we may be forgiven, renewed, called, and sent forth once more as your beloved children. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.